Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Today I want to talk to you about living countercultural. Living countercultural. We know the cancel culture is out there. We know that people are trying to be canceled and trying to cancel others for all different types of things and all different reasons. And we know God wants us to show mercy and grace to people. Well, today I want to talk to you about living countercultural. And today, you know, I'm talking to you. I want to talk to you about really one of the, I think, the greatest ways that we can live countercultural, and that is by living a life of integrity. Living a life of integrity. Now, I talk about integrity a lot. Um, probably, I I try to do a message on integrity at least once or twice a year. Why? Because it's so relevant for our day and age because the culture that we're living in, there really is not much integrity. There's not much integrity in the way that we live personally. There's not a lot of integrity in the way that we do our jobs. There's not a lot of uh, integrity with our relationships. And so I believe God wants us to live countercultural, and that is with living a life of integrity. And a lot of times we can think of integrity and we could say integrity is this thought process of uh, the pursuit of perfection. And integrity is not the pursuit of perfection. That's not what integrity is. Integrity is in fact, uh, it's, a pra- it's the practice of holiness. Integrity is not the pursuit of perfection. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect other than Jesus. But it is the practice of holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is living a life set apart. Set apart meaning different, not better than, but different than. So I'm living countercultural. I'm living a life of integrity, a life of holiness, a life that is set apart, a life that is different than the way that culture is doing it. And we live countercultural. We live with integrity. We live with the, living a life with the practice of holiness, not because we're trying to say, look at us. We're doing this and God desires for us to do this because so that we can make a positive change in our society. See, Jesus, he came and he lived with integrity. He lived set apart. He lived a life of holiness. It wasn't so he could get everybody to say, look at how holy I am. No, it was so that he could come and say, there's a different way to live. And so what happens is I can now, because I'm living different, I can now make a difference in my society. We can't make a difference in our society if we're doing the same things everybody else is doing. We can't make a difference in our society with our marriages if our marriages are collapsing like everybody else's. We're not doing it so that we can say, look at us. No, we're doing it so that we could say now, I know that I'm living a life that is different because of Christ and only because of Christ. And so now he can use me to help shine light and bring light and bring love and bring change in a positive way to our culture. We're not, we're not countercultural just so that we could say we're different. No, we're countercultural because we say we want to make a positive change in our culture. Does that make sense? And so this is what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about integrity today. And again, I believe this. I believe that in our society today, I just heard another story just this week. Our society today is, again, this is such a relevant topic because there's all these different moral failures that are constantly happening in our society, whether through the corporate world, whether through the church world, whether through life, there's all these different moral failures. And so I believe God wants us to make sure that we're always continuing to put this in the forefront of our minds because it's a way that he desires for us to live. And here's the thing, without integrity in a building, 
Without integrity in the building, and that really the integrity of the building is the foundation. And without that integrity in that foundation, we saw it this year and, and down south, without the integrity of the foundation, the building will collapse. It's the same thing with life. If there is not integrity in our relationships, our relationships will crack. If there's not integrity in our personal walks, our walks will collapse. If there's not integrity in our jobs, we will at some point lose our jobs. Why? Because integrity is such an important role. Why? Because it's really the foundation on how we build our lives for success. Does that make sense? And so I want to talk to you today about from the life of Joseph. Many of you know this story. I've taught on this story before. Um, and it's so important because he was really a man that lived with integrity. Genesis chapter 39, starting in verse 2, it says this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. So he's, Joseph, excuse me. So he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. Pause. Let me, let me show you what's happening here. Go, go, go back to verse two very quickly for me. Go back to verse two. Here's what happens. It says that God was with Joseph. God gave Joseph favor. And then from Joseph having favor with God, check this out, he then, if you look at verse three, now Potiphar notices that and now he has, he has favor with Potiphar. So favor starts with God. The opportunity starts with God. Favor, opportunity. Then man notices it, man and women, they notice it, and then we have favor on this planet. Now here's what happens. Favor comes from God, but integrity is what allows us to keep that favor in our lives. Opportunity comes from God. We see it right here. The Lord was with Joseph. But favor, I'm not favor, excuse me, integrity is what allows us to keep those opportunities. Favor from God gets you that job. But integrity is what allows us to keep that job. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Okay, verse four, here we go. Verse four, this pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household. Check this out. He has favor with God. Man sees that. And then what happens is now as he's working hard, he has integrity. Now promotion comes from integrity. Okay, let's keep going. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Now, not only is Joseph favored by God, but because of Joseph's integrity, now God is even favoring his boss. Okay, let's keep going. The Lord, oh, 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 oh not, we got, yeah, we go. Okay, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake, for all his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock flourished. Verse six, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Come on, somebody, what kind of life is that? You know what I'm saying? Except what kind of food to eat. Now, Joseph was well, well built and handsome. I would think that he looked a little bit like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know why you laughed. And after a while, his, that was a joke, by the way, for those that are here that are first time, like, this guy's conceited. No, that was a joke, trust me. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph. Okay, check this out. I know this is gonna get a little intense, but check this out. After a while, his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told, me, he told her, uh, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he is entrusted to my care. 
No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing for me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Verse 10. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. Verse 11. And one day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. She was a little thirsty. Joseph tore herself, himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. I wanna to talk to you today just for a few moments on living a life of integrity, living countercultural, a life of integrity. And I see from this story how Joseph really lived a life of integrity. And people always say, live with integrity. People always say, live a life of holiness. Well, I always go back to, well, how do we do that? I'm a very practical person. I like to know the how-tos. I like to know what to. I want, I just give me what I need to do and then let me, you with the Holy Spirit, help me walk these things out. So I wanna give you very practically today, very practical, few things that how we can live a life of integrity. And I see it first uh, in verse uh, seven and eight. It says, now Joseph was well-built and handsome and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to me. How do we live a life of integrity? The first thing we must do, and it's what Joseph did, you gotta count the cost. You have to count the cost. Joseph did not see the temptation in front of him as bigger or better than the things that God has already blessed him with. See, oftentimes temptation comes in a, in a moment's time and it can cause us to lose focus on all the things we've been blessed with, all the things that we've, been, we've, we've accomplished, all the things that God has given us. And we get so focused on the temptation that we don't realize what it is we're losing. We just focus on what we're getting. And so here's what's important about integrity. Integrity is I'm gonna count the cost. What if I make this decision? What is this gonna cost me? If I make this decision to look at this image, if I make this decision to talk to this person, if I make this decision to, to do this at my job, what is this going to cost me? Well, no one may ever know. Yes, they will. Because I know this. If I know one thing, I know this. The Bible says it. If a sin will always find its way. It will, always, it, will, it will always bring itself out. At some point, they, some people may not know immediately, but over time, at some point, some, someone will find out, and here's what happens. We lose more than we would ever gain when we lose our integrity. What is it gonna cost you? With your spouse, for those that are married in the room, what is that, what is that text or what is that, that flirtation? What is that gonna cost you in your marriage? And it's not just this. We can lose all kinds of things. We can, lose, we can lose spouses and we can lose jobs and we can lose friends. We can lose kids. For those who have kids, you, if you cheat on your spouse or you do something uh, without integrity and you're with your spouse or whatever it may be, your kids can then uh, lean more towards your spouse. I've seen it. And so now you lose favor with relationship with your children. All these things can happen. I'm not saying there's not grace, but what I'm saying is there is consequences to wrong decisions. There is. Okay, there is grace. There is always grace. There is always redemption. Yes, but there are also always consequences. Grace does not cover consequences. Grace covers sin. Is this all right? It has to be. It's the Bible. Okay, <laughs> sorry. What is it going to cost you? 
I love David's response because he didn't just all of a sudden see the beauty of this woman. No, he said, I understand how much God has blessed me and I cannot allow this, this image or this woman to, to affect or cause me to lose what God has blessed me with. I've seen it. I've seen it. People in ministry, they people lose their purpose of where God is doing, good, what where God is going, what God is doing, because men or women they decide to to live immoral and they lose the influence God has given them. That's losing your purpose. Was that person or was that thing was it worth losing? Because here's what I know: when we count the cost in everything that we do, no one wants to pay for something that it doesn't have the value that you're paying for it. No one wants to pay for the, no one. I, I just was the other day looking at cars. I don't know why I'm looking at cars. They're so dang expensive, praise God. But we were looking at cars and we went and looked at this car and this guy said, yeah, the MSRP is this mount, but right now, because of the demand, we're actually selling it for $5,000 more. I was like, well, not to me, you're not. I promise you that. He said, the value of the car was this, dot, dot, dot. He said, but there's a $5,000 market fee. I said, well, he said, we're going to sell it. I said, yes, you sure are, but I promise you, you ain't selling it to me, brother. See you later. Nobody, nobody in their right mind wants to pay more for something than the value of what it's worth. But yet we don't want to do that with our finances, but yet we can do that relationally without even realizing because we get so focused on something or someone that we don't realize what we're losing is way more valuable than what we're gaining or getting. Count the cost. David, I mean, Joseph knew this. Excuse me, not David. Joseph knew this. And he said, my father, my, my master, Potiphar, my boss, he's given me all this. Why in the world? God's blessed me with us. Why in the world would I sin against God? Because I know that what I've been given is so much more valuable than what I'll get. Count the cost. I would encourage you in your life, if you're walking through something where you may need integrity in your life, you may be thinking of something, I would encourage you, count the cost. Write it out if you have to. Be very practical. Write it down. Write all the things that you've been blessed with and watch how long that list gets and watch how much more valuable it is to you than what it is that you may be trying to make a decision with. In your life. Is the value of what you're looking at worth what you're losing? And I'll tell you this, the answer is always no. The answer is always no. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 8, it says this. It says, but he refused with me in charge. He told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. I think this is what we have to do. If we want to live a life of, of integrity, if we want to live counterculture, we have to count the cost. We have to see the value of what God has blessed us with. We have to count the cost of what we're losing, not look at what we're looking, uh, what we're getting. But then also, I think we have to be a people. Believers have to be a people that are trustworthy. We're living in a culture and a society where no one is trustworthy. I hear it all the time from people that are employers. They all say, can't find good help. Can't find anybody you can trust. I just was talking to somebody the other day that owns a, a laundromat. And the laundromat, they, they, they use all quarters in the laundromat. I know my New Orleans accent's quarters. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Forgive me. Okay? But they, they, all, they use quarters. And he, he, he has to go every single night and pick up all the change. He's the only one with the key. He says because he can't trust people because you, you can't have a, be accountable with all the quarters. And people will just take some of the quarters and they'll, 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 they'll just keep them for themselves and put the rest away. And again, there, we're living in a society that is so untrustworthy. I'll say this. We don't even have to be like super good people to be a light to this culture. All we have to do is be trustworthy. 
You're going to live different and you're going to look different by just being someone someone can trust. Showing up on time. You say you're going to be there. Be there. You say you're going to do something. Do something. Here's the question I would ask you. Can people around you, your closest friends and closest family members, can they trust you? For those that are married in the room, can your spouse trust you? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They trust me. I would encourage you to ask them. Do you trust me? Do you trust me when I'm on my phone and I'm just scrolling through ESPN that you're not thinking I'm looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at? Do you trust me that when I'm just goofing off on my phone and watching dumb YouTube videos, fellas, come on, somebody, that you're not, I'm not looking at images or things? Do you trust me? You should ask. You would, you'll quickly find out if they do. And if they don't, here's what happens. Okay, now what can I do to help build that trust? Because here's, here's what I know about trustworthiness and being trustful, being trusting and trust. I know this, that trust takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose. Trust takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose. Now, again, everything's redemptive. There is redemption. But here's what I know. If we're going to be a people that live countercultural, we have to be a people that can be trustworthy with the, even the simplest things. I always use the story of when I was a, a young man. I worked for construction, and uh, we, were, we were doing some sort of construction. I think we were doing drywall at the time, and there were extra screws, and I needed some screws for my house. And so I, I took some of the screws, the boss was gone, took some of the screws, and I put them in my pocket, and I was going home. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, uh, something inside the Holy Spirit just said, you just stole those screws. And so I was like, I didn't steal the screws, the boss doesn't care. I love, I'm talking to myself, like talking to Jesus, me and Jesus, like we're arguing, like, uh, like I'm going to win against Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I didn't take the screws, like he doesn't care, he would let me give it, he'd have me have all these screws, because he trusted me. You stole the screws. So what did I do? I went back put all the screws out of my pocket, and put them back. <sighs> when nobody cares about a couple of screws, it's not about what people think. It's not about what people care about. Here's what it's about. It's about me living in such a way, with integrity in such a way, that you can trust me even with the smallest things. Because if you can trust me with small things, you can trust me with more things. And so here's what I did. I went and asked the boss. He said, hey, I said, hey, can I get some screws? He's like, bro, take the whole box. There it is. It's as simple as that. But here's what happens. We can sometimes do these things. We can cut corners of the job or we can just take a couple things. Oh, nobody's gonna notice that. And here's what it is. It may, they may not care, but I would encourage you to be a trustworthy person. I would ask, why? Because again, they wanna have, most bosses wanna take care of you. Most bosses, wanna, they're, they're fine with that. But if they see us or feel like we're taking from them now, if I can't trust you with a screw, can I trust you with $5,000 that I may ask you to go put in the bank. Whatever it may be, I don't know, but I'm just saying this. Here's the question I would ask your, you, yourself. I would have you ask, am I trustworthy? The friends, do my bosses, do my, do my coworkers, do my employers, do my employees, do they trust me? Because I'm telling you this, especially younger people, hear me, everybody, but younger people, trustworthiness will, get, will take you so far in the job world. In the marketplace, trustworthiness will, will take you so much, it will elevate you so much faster than skill. So much faster than skill. Can I be trusted? This is, what, this is where Joseph was. Joseph knew that he could be trusted. He said, my, bo my boss has given me it all. He's trusted me everything. Why would I lose his trust? Integrity is being trustworthy. Genesis chapter 39, verse 10. 
it says this, it says, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. We're talking about integrity and you have to count the cost. You have to be trustworthy, but then also we have to be consistent. It says day after day, she, she, she tries. Day after day, he says no. Day after day, day after day, day after day. Consistency is so important with the life of integrity because again, integrity is only integrity until it's not. And so here's what we have to do every day. I wake up and I choose to, be, to have integrity today. Every day I wake up. Well, yesterday I, was in, I had integrity. All good. Now today. I choose today to live with integrity. I choose today to be consistent with my integrity. And here's what I know about inconsistency. Inconsistency breeds complacency. And complacency breeds compromise. Is there inconsistency in your relationship with your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Is there inconsistency in your, with the your way that you do your job? Is there inconsistency? Where is there inconsistency? Because I know this. If there's inconsistency, there will at some point become complacency. And through complacency, there will always be compromise. How do I know this? Such a simple illustration, but it's just like going out and working out in the gyms. Y'all know how it is. You start working out, you feel good about it. Next thing you know, you take a couple days off, you're thinking, mm, you know what? I don't want to work out anymore. I don't really like that at all. I just feel like eating Oreos. Y'all know how it is. Next thing you know, then you go from being complacent and not feeling like it. Next thing you know, you don't do it. Here's what I like to say. There's, a, there's, this, there's, this, there's this, this routine or whatever, this, this structure or strategy on how we are to understand or live this way. One, it starts with discipline. I don't feel like working out. I discipline myself to work out. I don't feel like eating right. I discipline my eat right. I don't feel like uh, uh, doing the right things. I discipline myself to live pure. Whatever it is, I discipline myself. Then from discipline starts habits, okay? Discipline creates habits. Then from habit, after I make it a habit, then over time it becomes desire, okay? It's discipline, it's habit, and then it's desire. Now, oftentimes we never get past the discipline part because we hate it. And so then what happens is we never make it a habit. And then through habit over time, excuse me, what's gonna happen is we actually start to enjoy it. It's the same thing in the wrong ways. It's the same thing with sin. We can get in, we start, to, we start to do something we shouldn't do. We start to discipline ourselves as far as train ourselves to think this way or do these things. Then next thing you know, it becomes a habit. We start to look at those images and we need those images and we start to see those images. And so then over that, then next thing you know, we desire it and we, we want it in our lives. God has created us to be people that say, okay, I wanna discipline myself with the help of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're in a place where you say, I need to discipline myself. I would encourage you, find two or three people. We all know this. This is why community is so important. That will help you discipline yourself. I was just talking to somebody earlier. He hated working out a year ago. He hated working out. Now the dude's working out while he's on vacation. He went from being disciplined himself. It became a habit. Now he's an addict. Come on, somebody. Like you're on vacation. Calm down. Don't be over-spiritual. Obviously, I'm being funny, but it's so important that we would understand this. Okay, I'm being consistent with my life. How do I get consistent? And whatever area it is in your life that you're looking to get consistent in. Okay, I gotta create discipline. Then from creating discipline, that means structure. Not just, oh, I'll do it if I feel like it. No, I have structure. If it's maybe your prayer life, maybe it's reading your word. Okay, every day for five minutes, I'm gonna pray. Every day for five minutes, I'm gonna read my Bible. Every day I'm gonna write. Whatever it is, I'm disciplining myself. Then over time, you'll find yourself making a habit. 
now it's almost like routine. And then from the routine over time, you'll realize I want this in my life. Now, if I don't go without, now if I go without it, now I realize something's missing and I need to go get it. This is what's important about consistency. Consistency creates commitment, number one, but even a greater passion in whatever it is that we're being consistent in. Does that make sense? So important. I know this is very practical. I know all of y'all like, this is super simple. I know that, but yet we all know this stuff, but yet we still continue to see in our culture and even in the Christian church culture, so much fail, moral failure and so much, uh, integ- uh, not integrity, but like deception and all different things you want to call. Why? Because we're not practically applying these things. It has to go from here to here to here. Okay. <laughs> We have to get to a place in our lives where we start to walk this stuff out. And it starts with us. If it doesn't start with the church, then who does it start with? If the church cannot be a people that live with integrity, who does? And so I would encourage you, count the cost and things before you make decisions. Are you trustworthy? Ask yourself, are you consistent in your life? And then Genesis chapter 39, verse 10, it says, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much it's possible. How do we live a life of integrity? We have to count the cost. We have to be trustworthy. We have to be consistent. But then also, we have to remove the opportunity to be tempted. We oftentimes, we say, we say no to temptation. I love Joseph. He went a step further than that. And he said, I'm not just going to say no to temptation. I'm going to do my best to avoid temptation. It says it. Let's look at it right one more time. It says, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. He said, I need to avoid this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do whatever I got to do to remove myself from this situation. So I'm not even allowing myself to be tempted. We all know our tendencies of being tempted. Whatever your tendencies are, here's what we have to do. Okay. I don't want to fight the temptation. I want to fight the tendencies. And so if it's anger, I don't want to wait till I'm blowing up. No, I want to work on being, on being, having integrity and emotionally so that I don't get to the place of where I have been desire to blow up. Make sense? Matthew chapter five, and verse 29, it says, if your right eye, this is Jesus speaking, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into the, to hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Whoa, Jesus Jesus be talking about poking out eyes. He be talking about cutting off hands. Now, let me explain something. Jesus is not literally saying, cut your hand off, okay? That would be weird. Don't do that. You're gonna have to go to the hospital. And then when you explain it to the ER, um, they're gonna think you cuckoo, okay? That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is he says, I want you to evaluate the things that are tempting you and remove those things in your life. Listen, if it's this, Cut it off. Oh, well, we all need social media and we all, well, we need it to promote and like we need it. It's like, so people, we can keep in touch. If it's this, cut it off. Jesus said your hand. You don't think we need a hand? I need my hand a lot more than I need Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or whatever else is out there now that I don't know about. <laughs> and I know I'm being funny, but here's the deal. We can, I love Joseph because Joseph was radical in the way that he lived his life. Most people would just be like, oh, I'm gonna say no, it's all good, keep moving. 
No, but Joseph said, I'm gonna keep out of the way of being tempted. This is a radical decision. As Christians, as believers, we have to be radical, not crazy, but radical in our decision-making on how to live with integrity. And that is, I'm gonna remove myself from temptation. If here's the thing, if it's a friend, I'm not saying don't be friends with somebody, but maybe you need to cut that friendship off for a while in order to allow yourself to really walk and live according to God's purpose and plan. It maybe it's maybe it's something with to do with financially where you feel like you need more money and so you're cutting corners. Well, maybe it is you gotta get back to, okay, let me let me remove that in my heart that says I need this and let me just start to trust God. Whatever it is in your life, maybe it's a computer. Maybe it's a social network, maybe it's, maybe it's a phone. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but I do know this. Maybe it's a secretary. I don't know, but I do know this. That God has called us to be set apart. And being set apart is not just saying no when I have the urges. Being set apart is, I'm gonna remove or distance myself so I can't allow the enemy to easily get me. The enemy knows all of our weaknesses. Everybody in this room, we all have weaknesses. I have like 455 of them, just as Ashley. We all have weaknesses. We all have faults. The enemy knows those. And so if we allow ourselves just to get as close to the line or as close to the door, like we think we can get real close to the enemy's door and like, oh, well, we'll be fine. Like we'll just kind of do, like we'll kind of look and we'll, and we'll be just fine. No, the enemy's gonna come and he's, the enemy's gonna literally just knock you over. It's gonna continue to happen. Why? Because we're not being people that are bold enough or radical enough like Joseph that says, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna distance myself. I know that relationship or that person or that thing or whatever is, I know that is a temptation for me. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna distance myself. It's so important that we would live this way. What in your life is the question I would ask today? Is it that you may need to distance yourself from? What is it in your life? What is it in your heart that you may need to distance yourself from? Because I know this. God has called us to be a people that live a life distancing ourselves from the things that tempt us. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 11, as I close today, one day, however, no one else around, no one else was around when he went to his work. One day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. Living a life of integrity I believe we must be a people. How do we do it? We count the cost. I have to see the things in my life that I know are more valuable. What I have is way more valuable than what I could get. And then I have to be trustworthy. I'm gonna be a person that's trustworthy in my job, at my home, in my home, with my spouse, with my kids, whatever it is, I'm gonna be trustworthy. Then I'm gonna be consistent. I'm gonna choose every day. I'm gonna choose every day to live with integrity. I'm gonna choose every day to live with integrity. I'm gonna choose every day to live with integrity. I'm gonna choose every day to live with integrity. I'm gonna choose every day to live with integrity. And then I'm, after that, I'm gonna make sure that I'm removing the opportunity to be tempted. But then also, I love in Genesis 39, 11, he says, no one else was around when he went to do his work. It's the, here's what it is. It's the private and the public life look the same. To really live a life of integrity. Y'all have heard me say this a few times probably. It's when my private life is over here and my public life is over here. And integrity is when they collide and they're the same. I'm the same person in front of you as I am in front of my spouse. 
I'm the same person in front of you as I am in, my, in the workplace. I am the, the same person in front of you as I am with my friends. I'm the same person as you as with, 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 with brothers and sisters. I'm the same, per- we're the same people. We're the same people all, everywhere you go. I tell people all the time, like uh, people hang out with me like, man, you're, you're like the same person as you are on stage. Yeah, that's, that's me. Sorry, <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> Why? Because if we're not the same people here, and we're the same people here, and then we go home, and we're totally different people with our spouses, or we're totally different people with our kids, or we're totally different people at our workplace. That's not really living a life set apart. That's being hypocrites. We live in a world where people think the church is filled with hypocrites. To be honest, a lot of times it is. Why? Because no one wants to be a person that says, no, here's what it is. The way you see me in this place is the way you see me in this place. And then the way you see me in this place. And all these, all of my, all my different lives, if you will, all collide and they all become the same person and, it's all, and that's what integrity is. Integrity is when my private life and my public life look the same. Here's the question I would ask you. I always ask myself this, so this is not a question I would ask you. To, I, literally talk, I literally tell myself this all the time. If somebody was following me around that I really respected, a godly person that I really respected, would I act the same? Because we know everybody's like, Jesus is watching, WWJD. Like, we all know that, but like, you know, you can't see Jesus, so sometimes you're just doing anything. But like, if it was a godly person you really respected, myself, okay? That's a joke, okay? But if there's a person you really respected and they were sitting in your home and your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend got, got you real upset, would you say the same thing? Would you respond the same way? Would you open the computer and would you start typing that website if the godly person that you really respect was sitting right next to you? See, this is what integrity is. Integrity is not when I get in front of you, I can convince you that I'm better than what you think I am. No, that's over, overcompensating for a false lifestyle. Is this too intense? Sorry. Okay. Integrity is whoever it is that I really respect that I really honor, that I know, that I, I want to, not impress, but I want to respect and I want them to respect me. It's that I would live the same way behind closed doors that I did when I was in public. So many people, young people want to be in ministry and I always tell them the platform is not where you build your integrity. The private life is where you build your integrity. The, the foundation of our life, the foundation of a building, no one ever, you, had, you didn't come to this church and you didn't go in like, wow, such a good foundation. Wow. You don't go to a building, these massive, massive buildings in these different large cities, you don't go and you're like, wow, the foundation is so nice. No one sees the foundation, but yet the foundation is the most fundamentally and most important thing. Why? Because without 
the foundation being whole and have integrity. The large, pretty building that we all are just are overwhelmed about and we all adore, that building would collapse and fall. It's the same thing with our lives. If we want people in this culture, in this society, to respect us, to honor us, to love us, to look at us as a light, then it must start with the foundation. Am I living in private? The same way that I'm living in public. Am I talking to people the same way? Am I talking with the, this, the same amount of people? Does my spouse or my boyfriend or girlfriend, do they see the people that I'm talking to? And they're okay with it. It's not a secret. It's not all these shady like, oh, no. It's my private life lines up with my public life. And then as my private life and my public life line up, here's what happens. My foundation begins to be built. And here's what's awesome about the God that we serve. When we have integrity and we have that foundation, this is when God begins to build something on our lives that we could never build for ourselves. This is when God begins to bless us and honor us. We see it in Joseph's life. This is when God begins to bless us in such a way that we never thought the things that we're able to do and the things that he blesses us, we never thought we would receive. Why? It's all because he can trust us because our foundation is secure. Because he knows that we're people, that we're in private, we're in public. We're the same person. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I know this is stuff you've all heard before, but I'm telling you, we are living in a time where this is so urgent. Here's the question. And I love that the room isn't as full as normal. Because here's the question I would challenge each one of us with, those watching online. Who are going to be the people that live this way? Who are really going to be the people in our society that say, I'm going to live with integrity. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to make sure that I'm not just jumping into something, but I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to be someone that as I walk out through my life, I'm going to remove or run from temptation. And then also what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that my private life and my public life meet. I'll tell you this. The culture... Society, the world, whatever you want to call it, I'll tell you this. It will only get worse until a, a group of individuals start to stand up and say, there's a different way to do it. And that way is not from us just yelling at you and telling us you're wrong, but no, but that's by the life and the love that we have that we would say, we're going to live a life of true integrity. I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I don't want God to be like, when I get to heaven, I wanna hear the greatest words that any of us and all of us will ever hear. And that is well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't it interesting? That he says, faithful. He doesn't say, well done, good, and pretty servant. 
He doesn't say, well done, good and accomplished servant. He doesn't say, well done, good and whatever other word you want to use. He says, well done, good and faithful. A life of integrity. See, God's not going to, we're not going to get to heaven. God's not going to be on the throne. He's not going to be like, you went to church your whole life? (gasps) Wow. Oh, messed up the mic. Sorry. Wow. He's not going to be like, "Ah, wow, you got married and you were married for 25 years? (gasps) Wow. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to say, you were married for 25 years faithfully. You served me faithfully. God's not going to be impressed with our public acts. God is concerned about our private integrity. And that is what God can build and change a culture on. It's the foundation that he's looking for. Here's the question I would ask all of us. Who's going to do it? Who are going to be the people that say, I'm choosing? And many of us in this room, you are. I'm, so I'm not coming against, I'm not attacking anyone. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just continuing to make this a, a priority in us being focused on living a life of integrity. Because in our society, in our world, it's not happening. And who are going to be the ones that say, we're living and standing on a life of integrity. Let us be those people. Amen. Can we pray, Father? I thank you.